Um, I have uh, not just one minute permission. I have about five. They're very short. The first one is a reminder about the uh, one great hour of sharing. Uh, if you have not sent in your um, offering, um, I'm sure that Bill will still receive it um, for the National One Great Hour of Sharing. The, the second um, item is just for the continued collections. And we have three of them. One is for the local food pantry. Cindy always puts up a, um, a list of things that they need. So please read that. The food pantry is always in need of food. The second one is <clears throat> the purple pantry at SUNY Albany. Even though the kids will be on vacation, they still need collections of quite a few personal items that uh, they do not um, have at the pantry itself or, uh, or that are provided for them. So we as Hamilton Union are collecting personal items, Kleenex, paper towels, soap, that sort of thing. And that's an ongoing collection. The next ongoing collection is for the emergency uh, shelter for men at the Lutheran Church in the base in um, in Albany, and flip-flops are at a minimum in dollar stores. So if you see them, please purchase them because I don't know why they are, um, <clears throat> we don't have a whole lot of them hanging in the, it used to be um, many, many, many of them, but right now they uh, collect them all the way through the summer into October. Also, they need the crew, crew socks. And I think those are the three continued um, offerings. The fourth is today, the crop walk. So far, the Hamilton Union has collected $1,647.50. Um, the money to support the crop walk needs to be sent in either a check to me uh, church world service crop and or otherwise online and it'll go to Mickey Neiman and that has to the latest check can be or the latest amount of money can be sent in by May 23rd. The next one is something else that Mickey is doing with church world service and that is the blankets. And it'll encompass the Mother's Day and Father's Day collections for that. Again, Mickey has instructions on, on how to send um, money to her online. And if you want a card, this is the card that you can send to your mother or father or brothers and sisters. Um, Church World Service, Blanket Sunday. And just as a reminder, starting next week, this is the month of Pentecost, and it is the second national church collection, church-wide collection. And there will be some specific minutes for mission on the Pentecost offering that will be 
um, centering on young children and young adults that uh, we hope that we continue to encourage them in their faith. Thank you very much. Okay, please join in the opening prayer. Divine vine grower, the soil of your love nurtures the roots of our lives each and every day. As we consecrate ourselves into your loving care, plant us in the soil of your love that we may abide in Christ, our true vine, and bear the fruit of your love and grace. Give us rain in seasons of doubt and nourish our growth, that our harvest of love may bless the world. In your bountiful name we pray. Amen. to confession. Trusting in the mercy of God, let us confess to God and to one another our failure to love our neighbors as we have loved ourselves. Let us pray. Source of love and life, your glory knows no bounds. We yearn to set aside our fears, but we are often afraid. We long to love our sisters and brothers, but we often feel alienated from them. We desire to abide in you as you abide in us, but we can't seem to figure out how. Show us once more how to love, for only love can cast out our fear. 
Show us how to love one another well, for only then can we truly know you. Show us how to abide in your vine, for only then we can bear the fruit that glorifies your name. Amen. The words of assurance. When we abide in Christ, we abide in the vine of love and grace. Abide in the vine and receive mercy beyond measure. Praise be to you, O God. As we abide in Christ our vine, we bear the fruit of God's love. Let us share the joy of our fortune by exchanging signs of Christ's peace with one another. The peace of Christ be with you. And also with you. Out there in Zoom land, I hope you can hear me. How are we doing with with, uh, sound? Can you hear me out there? Wave your hands. Oh, we are. Okay. All right. Good. I want to talk to the kids. I know you're out there. Now, I'm sure that you all know what day next Sunday is, right? Right? Okay, good. It's Mother's Day, in case you forgot. I always appreciate a reminder a week before so I can be sure to take care of getting everything I need to celebrate my wife and my mom and all the mothers in my life. Now, I'm not always this prepared, but I did manage to pick up this card the other day. It's a Mother's Day card, and it says, Mom, wishing you a lovely day, a day filled with sweet reminders of just how much you're loved. Happy Mother's Day. I wonder, do you think that your mom likes to hear you tell her that you love her? Do you think? Of course she does. Everybody loves to hear I love you. But do you know what your mom would like even more? No, not a day at the spa, though I'm sure she wouldn't say no. I think that she would like for you to show her that you love her. Now, what are some of the ways that you can show your mom that you love her? Well, you might help out around the house. You could clean your room or empty the trash without being asked. You could show her you love her by listening to her when she tells you to do something the first time. You can show her your love by getting along with your siblings. It's not always easy, I know. Well, it's really pretty easy to tell your mom that you love her, but if you really love her, your actions will show it. Do you think God likes to hear us say that we love God? I know it. But God likes it even better when our actions show that we love God. And how do you think we do that? Well, the Bible tells us God shows us love by sending Jesus so that we might live through him. And it goes on to say that since God loved us so much, we ought to love one another. 
Now, one of the best ways to show our love for God is to love each other. Yes, God likes to hear us say, I love you, God. But I think God would much rather see us say, I love you. So as we celebrate Mother's Day next week, don't forget to get a card and some flowers and maybe some chocolate. But let's tell mom that we love her. But more important, let's remember to show her that we love her. And as we worship today and every day, let's tell God, we love you, God. But more important, let's remember to show God we love by loving one another. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we have come to your house today to say, I love you. Help us to go out of here today and show you that we love you by our actions. Amen. Friends, when asked by Philip if he really understood the scriptures he was reading, the man replied, how can I unless someone guides me? As we prepare to read today's scriptures, let's ask the Holy Spirit to be our guide. And then, with the Spirit's help, we can listen for the word of God. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit that through your word we may be guided into the love of God for all the world. Amen. Our epistle lesson this morning comes from the first letter to John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 21. Listen for the word of God. Beloved, let us love one another, because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and God's love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in God and God in us because God has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world. God abides... <coughs> Thank you. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. 
We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. A word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. First this, it is a joy to be here this morning. It is just delightful to have my feet in this space, to be with you, some physically, some virtually. It is a joy that this transition has come to this point. Uh, and I am so excited to meet each of you uh, individually and in small groups as we go through uh, these next couple of months. Um, I will be back and forth from here to Rochester in the course of May. Um, our family will be moving at the end of May, uh, and we are um, just so excited for that. Once that happens and we are all firmly here and planted, um, I am just looking forward to very, very good things. So, but now to the sermon. And I have to say that trying to write a sermon about love is actually a lot more difficult than you would think. 
Because when you hear the word love, a million images and ideas fly through your brain. Red hearts, candlelight dinners, moonlit walks, babies flying around with bows and arrows. Now before going into full-time parish ministry, I taught literature and writing to high school sophomores and seniors for a few years. And each year, my seniors would get a unit centered on the Romantic period in literature, which actually had very little to do with the idea of Romantic love that we associate with the word today. But they'd hear that word, Romantic, and immediately get filled up with ideas of couples sighing, gazing into one another's eyes, walking hand in hand, Moonlit walks. What a mess. Now, the word love is repeated a whopping 27 times in these 15 verses. That's almost two times per verse. Clearly, it's an important theme to this epistle writer. At the core of this chapter is the phrase, God is love. Now, because I used to teach high school English, a little grammar lesson for you. God is the subject, and love is the descriptor. God is a living being whose identity is defined by love. It is love that characterizes God whose expectations of love create relationships between God's self and others. And what is this love that defines who God is? Well, it's the transcendent love of God for humanity that brought God to sacrifice the Son. God gives God's self in love through the crucifixion of Jesus. Through that sacrifice, God overcomes the separation that sin created by forging a new relationship built in love. Now, there are two aspects of this love that I'd like to draw our attention to this morning. First, the way it is meant to consume us. And second, how it ought to and does incite us to act. Now first, we talk about, we sing about, we think about God's love in many different ways in the church. It is abiding, it is dwelling, it will not let us go. What do you notice about all of those terms and ideas? They're active. They are not passive. God's love does not lie flat waiting to be acted upon, just as God does not sit around on the sidelines waiting for us to approach God. No. God's love is dynamic. It's energetic. It's lively. It's moving. The Spirit dwells with and in us, and God accompanies us. God shows up all in love. And if you need help visualizing what that looks like, all we have to do is look to the life and love of Jesus. 
It is in the presentness of Christ with people, with the poor, with the brokenhearted, with the abused, with the oppressed, with the despairing, wherever he goes, whatever he does, whoever he touches, he walks with love because it is who he is. He can't help but be love. My college advisor once told my senior writing class about a time when he was walking with his daughter, who was about five or six at the time. They were walking and talking, and she said, I know what the most important word is. He smiled a father's smile and replied, Oh, really? What is the most important word? She looked back at him and said, With. You can't not be with. Jesus showed us the power of with. He was with us. He was with the hurting. He was with the despised. He was with. In this chapter that we read from this morning, really the entire epistle, if you go and read the whole thing, we are called to love. But we have to ask the question, why? Do we do it because we get something in return? Do we do it because we'll be rewarded if we do? Frederick Buechner writes, we do not love God that tit for tat he will then save us. To love God is to be saved. To love anybody is a significant step along the way. We do not love God and live for him so we will go to heaven. Whichever side of the grave we happen to be talking about, to love God and live for him is heaven. It is a gift not an achievement. We can make ourselves moral, we can make ourselves religious, but we can't make ourselves love. We love, John says, because he first loved us. So all this to say, God being love has acted, is acting, in our lives, which leads us to ask, how do we respond? It strikes me that at this particular moment in history, the question of how we respond is really quite pressing. We know we are called to love, but whom? Look no further than the Gospels, the poor and the oppressed, the addicted and the struggling, communities torn apart by violence and injustice, war-ravaged lands and their people, yes, even extremists who terrorize. This is going to be a lot more difficult than we thought. Yet, God loves us. And if we love God, we are to love. It is in us. 
It is through us. It is us. At least we strive for it to be. In verse 18, John writes, Perfect love casts out fear. The opposite of love is not hate. Hate is a byproduct of fear. As that wise sage Jedi Master Yoda once said, Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. So the opposite of love is not hate. It is fear. Or worse, apathy. Consider a growing child. The child who can give love is the child who has received love. Love grows from love, while apathy grows only coldness, fear, and retreat. In a very real sense, we have no choice but to love if we are to bear the name of Christian. No matter how we feel about others, no matter how much we may disagree with them or dislike them, we must love them enough to lay down our lives for them as Christ did. Now, we might feel okay with this when we look around at the people on the screen this morning in worship. We like these people. These are good people. When we think about our families and friends, yeah, I'd lay down my life for any of them. No question. Maybe even our larger circle of friends, mostly. Perhaps the people we work with. What about those people that we really just cannot stand? The coworker who uses the microwave, the common microwave for his leftover fish. That's unforgivable. That friend from high school on Facebook who's obnoxious spouting off at the mouth about this or that political issue that just really bugs you and always gets under your skin. What about the Wall Street banker who ripped off hundreds of people just to line their own pockets? What about the terrorist who sent a suicide bomber into a crowded market? Which of them would you lay your life down for? It's a hard one, isn't it? I struggle with it. We know what our answer ought to be, but making it our actual response, much harder. Now, we aren't perfect, and neither is our love, at least not yet. Many translations of this text say that God's love is, quote, perfected when people love one another. The Greek words here are based on the word telos, which means goal. The idea is that God's love reaches its goal when it creates relationships of love with people and relationships among people. As an abstraction, love falls short of that goal. It is imperfect. When the love of God finds expression in human love, there the goal is reached. I gotta say, that's a relief. We aren't expected to be perfect right now. But it is an urgent challenge at the same time. 
No, right now, as individuals, God does not expect that we would be able to love everyone perfectly the way God does. But we should strive to. And that means creating genuine relationships wherever we go. It means holding back our judgment and reaching out our hands. It means boldly proclaiming that we will stand on the side of the oppressed, the persecuted, the wronged, no matter the cost to ourselves. The good news is this. We stand hand in hand with siblings in Christ across the world and across time. And friends, God loves through us. That is good news indeed. Amen. Will you please join me in our response to the word? Since God has loved us so completely, we also ought to love one another. Rejoice in the good news. God is love, and those who remain in love remain in God, and God remains in them. This is good news indeed. The invitation to the offering. Offering what we have for the sake of others is a discipline of pruning, letting go of our possessions, our time, and even ourselves to extend the gospel witness into the world. Be generous in your ministry of giving. You need not fear. You abide in the vine. Please join me in the prayer of dedication. Bountiful God, you fill the poor with good things and cause the hungry to be satisfied. May these gifts be instruments of your grace, and may our very lives be the means of spreading your blessings. Make the gifts to, for the world a sign of your boundless love and your overflowing abundance. Amen. I just want to check. Can you hear me? Are we hearing all right? All right, good. Please join me in our invitation to the table. Come to the table of grace. For Christ is the vine and we are the branches. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come to the table of love. For whoever does not love does not know God. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come to the table of blessing. For Christ is here to abide in us as we abide in him. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, for all things are now ready. Let us pray. The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts, we lift them up to the Lord. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. In every time and every age, O God, it is good and faithful that we give you thanks. For your mercy is sure, and your steadfast love endures forever. In your compassion you gave us Christ Jesus, who frees us from darkness and lights our path to endless renewal and life eternal. And so with all of creation, with all the needy and hungry ones, with all those who have enough and plenty, with creatures large and small, with sun and moon and stars, and with the saints of every age, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed are you, O God, creator of all things. By your power and love, you continue to deliver your people from bondage. Blessed are you, O Christ, servant of the universe. You came to feed, heal, and teach, confounding the haughty, confusing the tricksters, challenging the wrong-hearted, and giving hope to those who long for peace. We remember that on the night he was betrayed, having gathered his friends at the table, our Lord Jesus took bread. <sighs> Thank you. I don't think Jesus sneezed at that point, but... <laughs> we remember that having gathered his friends at the table, our Lord Jesus took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering our Lord's self-giving love, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Blessed are you, O Spirit, giver of life, our guide and teacher today and always. Come now, O Prince of Peace, Spirit of Love, Breath and Life. Bring to all this hurting world the joy that Mary knew, and teach us to proclaim with her, I have seen the Lord. In the unity of the Holy Trinity, in gratitude for all of your abundant blessings, we praise you, God of all that is, now and forever. Amen. And hear us as we pray together the prayer you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, the body of Christ broken for you. The cup of resurrection poured out for the forgiveness of all. People of God, we have been fed, we have been nourished by this simple meal. Let us now pray in thanksgiving. God of resurrection, power, and glory, we thank you for this table where we can gather free of judgment, of fear, where we can gather together in love. We thank you for filling us, and we pray that as we prepare to go into your world, that you would strengthen us for the journey, that you would gird us with courage, that you would walk beside us this day and always. Amen.
Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. Be born of love each day of your lives. Beloved, let us abide in Christ's love, for he is the vine and we are the branches. Go to grow as Christ's disciples, bearing fruit to a world in need. Beloved, let us care for one another, for the Spirit helps us abide in God's peace. Go to glorify God in the life you lead. Go in peace, remembering who you are and whose you are. Amen.